Yeah, what's poppin', guys? I'm Mia. Welcome to Soul Wave. How we doing? How we living? My goodness, it's freaking 2022. Happy New Year. Before I get into this episode, I just wanted to say come hang out with your girl on my socials. My IG is at the Soul Wave Podcast for obviously the podcast's IG and at Mia.Cromaldi, C R I M A L D I for my personal. I also have a website now where you can find me at, which is linked in my bio. It's www.miacrimaldi.com. But man, can we just take a deep breath? If you're listening to this right now, hats off to you. Take a second to appreciate the fact that you made it through 2021. Like, 2020 was a difficult year, the beginning of COVID and all, but I don't know what was in the air for 2021, but personally, it fucking hit so different, like a hot sack of nickels right across your face. Dude, wow. So I'm here today to reflect, to set anew, all that good jazz that comes along with the new year energy. New year, new me. It's corny and cliche, but hey, there are truths in cliches. That's why they're called cliches, right? And also... New Moon in Capricorn was on the 2nd, so the time is now. Not really because it's a week later, but hey, every breath that we have is a new chance to change. You don't need to wait till the next year, the next month, the next start of the week. Right now, take that breath in and embrace. To set new intentions, especially around work, business, career, and money, the energy is high and potent for getting shit done. Hop on it. And I'm all for reflection. That's how we change. We look back on our life, the parts that make us cringe, uncomfortable, hurt, all the negative shit, because if we were happy, dandy, sunshine and rainbows, why would we change? Don't fix something that isn't broken, right? But change. Shit's terrifying. (laughs) Unless you're self-aware and therefore choosing to be like, okay, I wanna change this and that about me. It can be fun and exciting. Fueled with passion for the outcome because, like, you're thinking about your actions in terms of reward potential, which kind of creates more motivation. But I had a lot of change happen this year that I had absolutely no control over. For example, I'd like to share with you guys I have bad knees. Um, maybe bad is an understatement. I have terrible fucking knees. And this summer marked a total of four times tearing my ACL. Twice on each knee. And I'm 22 years old. I look back on the year and everything that happened after June 7th, the day when I tore it, I would stay stems from that event. That was a change I had no choice but to find stability in. And it's ironic, how do we become stable? Two feet firmly planted on the floor, standing tall, and here I am wounded. From an astrology standpoint, the energies in the sky at the time. It was around the Uranus-Saturn conjunction or square, I forget exactly which one it was, But I knew that for many of us, it was time. Time to find a different form of stability, mentally and emotionally speaking, that what we used to lean on for support to help us move day to day was no longer going to work with the ways the times are changing and the way consciousness is evolving. For me, I learned I have codependency issues and finding this out wasn't easy. It was involving myself in the same relationships that were more draining than rewarding, but I was too blind by what I thought love was and that there couldn't be better out there for me, so let's make it work somehow. I continuously would be pouring out from my cup, leaving myself empty, broken, and bruised, chasing and trying way too fucking hard. It took work to recognize that, especially adding on top of that that I'm a natural giver. I love giving, I love sharing, helping. My whole being, this podcast even, is devoted to that. It's who I am at my core. But learning boundaries, That came with first having to be honest with myself, removing the rose-colored glasses, which is frankly, I say the hardest and longest part of the process. Because when I was younger, and by younger, I'd say like 10 months ago younger, (laughs) and before that as well, obviously, I had this idea of what I thought love was. So yeah, they looked good. And they said all the right things, but the actions never matched. And it took a long time for me to stop allowing the treatment I was enduring. It took a long time to acknowledge that I continued to make excuses for another and the way they treated me by, oh, they're too busy. Oh, they just aren't a good texter. It's not their thing. Or maybe something came up, so that's why they flaked. Again. 
but me and my codependent ass would still be there chasing these motherfuckers like a damn puppy dog. Given and given, my time, my attention, my money, my heart, my soul, and my body. Not recognizing there needed to be boundaries set for how much I give for what I was getting in return. And also, not to mention, I give my energy. And by energy, I mean the thought I engage with. I strive off people. I get so inspired by people. I heal through other people. So for me to be thinking of you, healing through you, with podcasts to come, I'll definitely share more examples by what I mean by this. But fair warning, it's not the best, I would say, because if you can't step in front of yourself or know your own boundaries to how much energy slash thinking you engage with, you may fall in love because that's just (laughs) what be happening to me sometimes. And I would tell myself like, oh, this person helped me heal this issue I was having with myself for the longest time. And or the certain aspect in them that reflects in me that needs to be changed because not going to lie, it's not always the best aspect of personality trait, but like that's what we do here. We change. We become a better person of ourselves and they, through their experience or their thought, help me figure that out. And I will go over and over in my head for days, possibly even weeks, and I can't control it. Like sometimes the thoughts of people or specific people, especially guys too, I'm just like all over it. And like they're literally on my mind for weeks and thinking about them gets me so psyched. It gets me so motivated to change sometimes into a better version of myself. And I'm not saying change as in like I'm changing who I am for them. No, I'm changing to just a better version of myself somebody I always wanted to be and they bring it out in me so yeah I give my energy a lot and it's fucking exhausting because there's like a million other things that I'm supposed to be doing but I'm here at work engaging with their thought instead of focusing on myself you know does that make sense maybe not maybe that's just me and I'm like actually insane in that way but legit sometimes I cannot control it and I even beat myself up for it like Mia stop thinking of this person like if you ever engage with their thought throughout the day switch your fucking thought to something else like immediately I have this belief that when you engage in energy like that, kind of like telepathy, but not entirely, you're healing them or you're setting them vibrations. And that's why I try not to have hate and resentment or negative energy towards anyone because one, that only, that not only comes back to you, but two, you're sending that out to somebody and they're feeling it and that can get them down and that can affect them and that hinders them like that negative energy, like the evil eye in a sense when someone's hating on you that's how this shit works or at least that's how I believe this shit works so um so when I first couldn't control it kind of I'll spend all day long thinking about somebody healing through them or just like daydreaming with them on my mind like you know I how I love to is I put people in my future anybody and everybody in my life I'm like oh they could do this in my life later on and um live this way with me and blah 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 because for me that's how I love I put the people in my life with them and I daydream and I just get all these new thoughts and ideas that I would love to do with these people and like through that that's raising my vibration that's making me happy that's making me excited that's making me joyful and then that's sending them that energy and feeling that that joyfulness that happiness that good vibrations those good vibes so In essence, I'm sending out good vibes left and right, but sometimes why I beat myself up, which is why I said before, don't follow my footsteps because it gets so intoxicating and I get so consumed and I like leave myself hanging sometimes and I forget like, oh, Mia, you have to come back down to reality. You have to work on you. You got shit you got to do. But so then I learned kind of still learning. It's a process, people. It's a process. So yeah, I would give so much and even that energy thing, bro, that's a lie, but I stayed because I was convinced that's what love was and that they were someone I could depend on when shit hit the fan in my life. Someone I could run to because I would put them all the way up on that pedestal like, yeah, this person can understand me, can help me, can provide that comfort I need right now. When truth be told, I never needed another person for that. And this is where my fourth ACL comes in. Disconnected from most of my connections last year, or at least the ones I held enough value to at the time, to where I would go and depend on, look for comfort in. Because frankly, yes, I do have codependency issues, but when it comes to me and my shit, I'm pretty smart and would always figure it out. When I was a teen, you know, when most shit kind of starts happening in your life, my parents were recently divorced. And I never knew I could go to them for comfort, so I didn't have them. I had my two friends and my cousin Jen, which is why I learned to be very dependent in that way. But when it came to men, And also having father wounds, which is where codependency comes from, I just never let go. 
Father wounds stem from childhood. It's an emotional scar that results from unhealthy relationships with our fathers. It can occur for many reasons, depending on if your father was around, emotionally available, and kind of like how he showed up for you. I learned about this through my own healing journey, but I'm going to bring up this IG post to read off of from, it's at healing.end.cptsd on IG. So you can figure out for yourself if you too have father wounds. <laughs> doesn't matter what gender you are. Even if you are a guy, you can have father wounds, but they're slightly different and I'll explain in a second. So six signs of father wounds are, one, feeling unworthy or not good enough. Two, engaging in dominating behaviors, i.e. oppression, shame, abuse. Three, low self-esteem and confidence. Four, needing to achieve success at any cost. Five, deep fear of abandonment and rejection. And last but not least, can anyone take a guess? Six, your one and only codependency. And I would say, yeah, number one, not feeling good enough or worthy. Number three, low self-esteem and confidence. Number four, needing to achieve success. Number five, deep fear of abandonment. And number six, yeah, I'm five for six right now. (laughs) And for men, when they feel resentful of their fathers in some way because they left or they were abusive or they just weren't good at communicating their feelings, they experience an unresolved father wound. As a result, they feel lost or angry like they're missing a vital piece of their emotional intelligence and communication skills that should have been passed down to them from their fathers. But I want to add, like, look at the time we're in. Our fathers did not know how to do that because their fathers never did that because they didn't know how to do that because of their fathers. And it's a generational thing. Men aren't allowed to show emotion. They have to be strong. It's not only etched into their brain, but it's ingrained in their DNA. From the start of time, men have not shown their emotions. And that has royally fucked them. All of us, but them mainly. Some of us never knew our fathers, while others had fathers who were alcoholics or emotionally neglectful. And we carry these wounds with us into adulthood. And they often show up in our partnerships. Wow, I didn't expect this podcast to go into me sharing my daddy issues, but fuck it. Here we go. (laughs) I love my dad. To my core, I will always ride for that fucker. Growing up, I was a daddy's girl for sure. We did everything together. Every Sunday, soccer games would travel all over the state too. Every week, soccer or baseball practice. Every night, we would be in the kitchen cooking together, singing Toby Keith, Beer for My Horses, at the top of our lungs. That's where I get my love for country music from. And then go sit on the couch with a big bowl of salad and hella cheese in it, because obviously that's your girl's favorite part, and would watch Cash Cab while he would yell out all the correct answers because he's one of the best trivia answers I know. While I would get lost in the disco part of the cab because shit, I love lights, that's so fun to me, he would supply me and still does all my pocket knives because, you know, you gotta keep that motherfucking thing on you. <laughs> he taught me not to take no shit. To always be myself, no matter who the fuck gotta say whatever the fuck they gotta say. He raised me right. Strong. I don't know how to change a tire yet, but I got AAA, so I don't really feel like I have to worry about that. <laughs> I can put in my own window washer fluid and name at least eight parts under the hood. I know how to hang my own shelves, fix most things. He's a handyman, always was good with his hands. Super, super creative, too, when he has the time and energy. He can build anything. He would make these beautiful rustic shelves, old school style, light fixtures, window frame mirrors, you name it, he can build it. I don't know, and I'm still trying to figure out when it happened. Maybe because, like, I just grew up, um, and my parents were recently divorced, and I'm in high school, and just living my life, kind of. And that all that quality time turned into quantity. And because, yeah, I lived with him, we don't do anything anymore. My brother moved out to work with my uncle while I was in high school, too, so it was just me and him. Mainly it was just me, doing me, and him, doing him. And he would invite me to places, but I was so shy, so not confident, or wanting to interact with people back then, I would always say no. And now here we are, and the emotional connection is thin, if anything, barely there. And it breaks my heart, but we are working on it now, as uncomfortable as it is we are. It's really, oof, makes me squirm. (laughs) And you're all listening, like, how do you have father wounds? Sounds like he has it, you have a good dad. Well, in the sense of emotional availability, nada. My dad rarely shows emotions. He keeps it together. 
but like he does get angry at times. I've only seen him cry twice in my life. That was when both of my grandmothers passed away. When my first ever boyfriend broke up with me, I didn't tell my parents right away because what if he came back around, you know? I didn't want them to have that bad taste in their mouth. But eventually he never did. But by that time, I realized that I had gone through my grieving and emotional process alone, usually crying myself to sleep for a few months. and never showed that. Only like a tad to my mom, too. Every time I got hurt playing sports, he showed tough love. Get back up. You're fine. Walk it off. Which, don't get me wrong, I would not have the strength I'd do today if I wasn't raised like that. But I never cried. Never showed emotion. Through him, I created the impression that may resonate more with men if you're listening. That it's weak to show emotion. And because it was weak to show emotions, I never went to him talking about how I felt either. On top of that, and this is the truth, I was never reaffirmed growing up how pretty I was as a little girl. How beautiful. Yada yada. From my father. Instead, I would get made fun of for the dirt on my kneecaps while wearing a princess dress because I just came home from soccer practice and didn't shower yet but wanted to play dress up. I also have an older brother who me and him never got along when we were kids. I wanted to do everything he did, but of course he wanted to just do him and not have his annoying little sister around. And it's understandable. But I swear this shit is funny now that I think about it, but it would get me so tight when I was a kid. He would call me fat, ugly, and say I was adopted from a toad family. Like, bruh, who says that shit? My brothers, ladies and gents. So my father in some areas of my life never showed me enough tension, never reaffirmed me of my beauty. And truth be told, this is where I struggled the most. The second a guy that I'm interested in shows me the slightest bit of intention and reassurance that I look good, especially because I have and hold quite a few insecurities around the way I look, my body, if I'm pretty or not, I get stupid attached because I'm like, oh my God, this guy thinks I look good. So now I go running to the first person that shows me affection, who thinks I'm pretty and become dependent on needing someone to fill that void and becoming extremely attached because it's like after all this time, finally that masculine energy in my life showing me love in this sense. So back to the ACL, <laughs> this change and no one to go running to or the one I wanted to depend on was like so far off me and never looked back in my direction. I was forced, thrown into the fire, the fucking abyss, to figure this shit out on my own. I had to create new stability, one that would withstand the test of time. And truth be told, I expressed so many times to this particular person whose connection I was just referencing, and I stated to this person, my biggest fear, my biggest fucking fear was tearing my ACL again. And here I am, four for four, like the Wendy's deal, and having no choice but to go through it alone. And on top of that, I was having the worst thoughts, the most intrusive thoughts, where at one point, all I was hearing were words manifest, and I was terrified to even speak on these thoughts, and open up to like my mom or my cousin Jen or my friends, because God forbid what I was thinking was going to come true, and that scared me more than anything. And I was so overwhelmed with emotions that have you ever just became so overwhelmed that you're now numb and you can't even identify anything. And it's just like you lost any grip on reality. All sense of who you are are breaking piece by piece every time you try to put whatever you had left of you back together. It was a fall from grace and an ego death all in one. And it was the worst thing because you'll hear me express later on the podcast like, yeah, this ACL injury this change showed me how to believe in myself. That's the biggest blessing ever because I never had that. Never had belief in myself. But it also showed me and taught me that like, boy, do I not want to do this shit alone. I never want to experience that state of mind where I feel like I cannot open up and cannot express what's going on. And let me just add in here real quick for anyone else who may have had this fear or and how I overcame it. Yeah, words do manifest in a sense. They say even when you're joking, your soul doesn't know the difference. So don't go around and say like, oh, I'm so fat. Because it has to do with the intention behind it. So for instance, in that example I just gave, most people really do struggle with their body image. I know I do. And so when you joke and you say, oh, I'm so fat, your intention at your core is you actually do struggle with that. And in some senses, you believe it. And so that manifests into some more negative thoughts on how you feel about yourself. The intention is everything. 
Sometimes you might even convince yourself like your intention is bad if you're in that state of mind. But no, it's not. It's not true. Like I'm pretty positive that we all want change and we all have the intentions for a very beautiful life filled with all that the things we ever wanted and achieving all the things we ever set out for ourselves. And it's the intention of that. But yeah, that was the worst period of my life. And I try to go back there and remember like, how did I even spend the days because it's all so blurry until I actually got help. And even when I did get help, it was so hard for me to open up. And I was engaging in these companion sessions with someone who I knew had no judgment and no bias and could hold any crazy thing that would come out of my mouth no matter what intensity and how much it weighed. But the critic in me would not let me open up. And I kept telling myself I would be judged or I judged myself. And it was terrible. You need community. That's what I'm trying to do here. Show that. People are respected and valued no matter how they're showing up on that day because, yo, this shit's hard. Some days are not as easy as others. And some days you might feel a little insane. That's just real shit. I don't know, real for me at least. And I just want to stress, please, please, if you can, go get help. Please open up. Find someone who can just be an ear. You know, that's another thing too. I think all of us, most of us are pretty smart in our own capacity that we don't need unsolicited advice. Like, we all know what we got to do. We know what the fuck is up. It's just a matter of getting our shit in line and putting that play into action. Or, you know, sometimes we just forget and we need to be reminded. So here I am in the middle of the summer. Biggest fear just occurred. And also, trigger warning. I, too, experienced suicidal thoughts and then had to deal with that. No job because I was working at a tanning salon. That has the stupidest fucking rule. Like, you can't sit. So I'm like, absolutely not. Y'all got me fucked up. I'm not working. Now I'm waking up every day with the thought like, okay, one, new day, still trying to sort this shit out. Two, it's not the summer. I mean, it is the summer and I'm not working. Let me wake and bake. Because I believe at the time, weed helped me. But looking back, dog, it did more damage than good. Through this change, I learned that I have an addictive personality and you want to throw astrology in there too. If you have any place, Pisces placements, you are more susceptible to addiction. I have a Pisces moon. Your moon sign represents your inner self and who you are at your core. How you feel, process emotions, your inner thoughts and feelings. It's your shadow side. The moon shed light and illuminates the dark aspects of the night of you. The shadow side too is also your survival instincts, defense mechanisms. So on top of my father wounds and codependency issues, I'm also naturally more susceptible to addiction. But I just feel it intensifies it all because on Google, codependency is described in context of substance use where one person is abusing the substance like drugs or alcohol. And of course, it goes beyond that into relationship dynamics too. Friendships, romantic partners, coworkers, clients, you name it. And so now I'm waking up with a terrible mental space, bad, bad, rotten soil. Then smoking, which for me makes me engage more with thoughts. And I was so low, I didn't realize that at the time. But the thoughts I were engaging with were negative ones, the fearful ones, the ones where I'm now my own worst enemy beating the shit out of myself. Like if I could have controlled this whole thing. But like now let's talk about the science of the brain. We have these things called neural pathways. In brief, shout out to Google. (laughs) Neural pathways are links between neurons that wire the brain so that the brain can control different body functions and thinking processes. Neural pathways are created quickly. They create our memories and enable us to learn. It is basically a communication system and sends information through a vast network of interconnecting neurons. Over time, the brain develops a preferred pathway to send signals between neurons. Why am I bringing this up? I'm bringing this up because new neural pathways are formed as addiction develops. This is because addiction chemically alters the brain's communication system. When you take that drug away, the brain must again go form a new neural pathway. But because of my mental space, uh, but because of my mental state and how depressed this whole event had made me, I was then leaning on weed thinking it was helping, convincing myself it was helping, which in some aspects it did, don't get me wrong, but there was too many aspects where it didn't. So now, which I figured all this shit out by myself months after, 
while I was reading a book called How to Become Supernatural by Dr. Joe Dispenza. You'll hear me reference this book a lot because it's just like incredible. Go pick it up. I learned that the drug altered my pathways. And then in that depressed state to now always thinking negatively and getting me even more hooked on weed and hooked on engaging in the act of thinking and the act of that loop and trying to figure shit out. But like I wasn't figuring out because I was just creating a new pathway of just negative depressed thoughts and uh, definitely in another episode because I don't want to go into this all now, but I know a lot will be able to understand and relate through that of how to pull yourself out. And I don't even know how I pulled myself out. I would have to chalk it up to like my spirit guides and like my angels and my ancestors dropping little blessings on my path to tell me to keep going. And day by day, week by week, month by month, it just slowly started getting lighter. But it was a hot minute where I'm like, yo, where did the summer go? And let me add, let me add, I was still going out. I was still around people. Not drinking to celebrate, but to escape or find a different feeling than what my reality was. I just want to stress to people real quick. Like, dude, check on your friends. Check on your loved ones. Because just because they're getting up and going out and still engaging in reality doesn't mean that they aren't struggling or depressed or experiencing suicidal thoughts. Yo, depression isn't limited to just staying inside in bed all day away from the world. Because I can tell you right now, the amount of times I faked a smile this summer. Mm, It's not cool. And also, 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 weed was inducing psychosis for me. And if you don't know what psychosis is, it's a condition that affects the way your brain processes information. It causes you to lose touch with reality. You might see, hear, or believe things that aren't real. It's a symptom. It's not an illness. But also as someone who is on this spiritual journey, and before I found out I could communicate with crossed over loved ones, I had already known the depths of how everything connects. And like, when I get into this in another podcast episode about what I was experiencing, in my soul, it was real and not made up. Like you're listening to this and you're probably saying like, yeah, obviously Mia, whatever you go through is real. Like you should never have your feelings or emotions or experiences undervalued. But like, truth be told, on such a deeper level of experiencing life, like all types of dimensions, man. I don't know if you guys are picking up what I'm putting down in that sense. Maybe not but like when I speak on this eventually some will probably be like Mia you're schizophrenic and I'll just be like maybe but I also believe I'm just that in tune that to understand the light you also have to go and understand and not only understand but respect the darkness how do you do that you have to have an experience with it and that's where I feel like my summer went and there was one point in the summer where I was even like, yo, someone fucking check me into a psych ward because I'm seeing so much. I'm seeing so much darkness, evil spirits, demons. As terrifying as it is to go back there, this is the biggest takeaway I took from my ACL injury. And in another podcast, I have to share it. Of how me and the devil are now homies and how I visited hell for the summer. So yeah, through that change, I learned a lot. Kind of got to grasp my codependency issues. I wouldn't say I'm healed. I would not say I'm healed at all from them. I would would definitely say I'm like five steps above from where I was though. I learned my boundaries. Nowadays I learned that I can't give as much as I used to. And it's a shame because like I love to love. But it's unfortunate too. Like I've learned this the hard way that there are people out there that will just take and take. And not because they're spiteful or manipulative. But because they aren't even aware of themselves and that they're taking so much. And that they're looking for so much externally from them because they're so empty inside. And, you know, that comes through their own childhood wounds and they got to go through their own awakening. But, like, I can't be around for that. I've done my fair share of awakening men and I'm just so drained. I'm so tired. Like, I want reciprocal energy. I want applied pressure. I want what I give to be given back, equally poured out of our cups into each other. You know, I learned a lot through these lessons and relationships where I am today so I would not regret it not one bit not the love I gave out and I don't have any resentment well hold on sometimes it comes up I'm not that completely healed but I do have the mindset of like yo 8 billion people in this world and I got to experience them and those lessons and all the good the bad and the ugly I could not be more blessed man like it could have been someone else And I would have never known them 
but like I got to know them. I got them at that level. So even though the relationships were hard and hurtful, sometimes it was all for good reasons. All to learn myself more, learn what I do want and what I don't want in this life so I can use that to create more of this reality that aligns with who I am. And it was not easy at all because most of the time it looked like having to let go of something that you desperately don't want to let go of. And slapping your heart on the wrist saying, stop it. Telling your mind to stop engaging in their energy. Like that's the thing though, let me do say this. But before I say this, don't follow in my footsteps. <laughs> but because of who I am and how I know I'm a healer and what I do, I engage still with their energies and they're probably pissed off at me for doing that. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Um, that like if they can't look back and have forgiveness and love surrounding their relationships and if they're still so focused on the hurt and not the lessons, then mobby dog, it probably hurts thinking of me. But I do, and I try to send them love, their thought on my mind, the good moments of the past. I use them a lot for motivation, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes you got to because, you know, motivation is fleeting, so yeah, I'll take that when I can. But like, I'm no longer giving them my time of day. I'm not giving them my money. I'm not giving them my heart anymore. They're not getting me physically and all those wonderful things I have to offer in those ways, but I'll still hand out my energy from time to time. I feel like they need it. And you know, I don't want to be over here doing great and having the ones I loved or I still have love for suffer. Like, who does that? That's a terrible way to live. You know, like, I want you to go and accomplish all your dreams. And I have that belief that when I engage with their energy from time to time, when I think about them or I use them as motivation for me getting my shit together and raising my vibration, that they feel it since we're all one. And hopefully that when they feel that energy, that they get motivated to start getting their shit together and start striving for their best life because they legit, they deserve that. Everyone deserves that. So I do want to say though, disclaimer, if you see me still fucking around chasing men, leave me alone because I'm still learning. <laughs> and, but like, I know y'all can relate. There's always that one person, maybe not the same person for all your life, but like at certain times in your life, whatever phase you're in, there's like a person where you're just kind of like, yeah, I'll toss it all away. All my boundaries, I'll give you everything. But then I'm like, all right, Mia, chill. Those are those father wounds stepping in. Remember who you are. Remember you don't have to settle and that you're worth so much more than this. And you, you have so much to offer and you're worth applied pressure. You're worth energy exchange no matter how much you want it to be them. You just got to keep it pushing, baby. You know, if it's meant to be, it will be. But easier said than done, especially sometimes when you're out at the bar drinking. And that's just facts. Am I right, ladies and gents? So I'd like to say with everything terrible that happens to me, it happens for a reason. And once we overcome it is when we discover the reasons. Because I'd be fucking damned if shit got me that down bad and I did not get or take away as much new knowledge, as much experience, as many lessons as possible. I don't move like that. I refuse. So just know this isn't the last I will be referencing my knees and the injuries. I got a lot to share. I got a lot to share. And this life is hard as fuck. And Mike Tyson once said, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. But here's the thing about getting punched in the face. It's necessary. It needs to happen so we learn to get up. At the end of the day, that's what life is about. The stand. The climb. Getting to one knee. The uneasy. That's what grants us the spine. Strength, self-reflection, and learning. Doesn't matter if... A punch in the face means a shattered heart or a failed business. Our plan must not go to plan sometimes. So that our master life plan, the one that you may not be able to see now, does. Running and dodging isn't life. It's getting punched in the face that makes us less afraid. Smooth sailing is a deodorant commercial. So get in the ring, put your hands up, and know that every time your plan goes to shit, just getting to your feet, whatever that looks like to you, is the win. So with the last year, that was one of the changes that was necessary. And it was finding that inner stability amongst the change that I'm so grateful now. And to be able to even say I'm grateful for. Like a lot of people look at shit that was sent to break them with heavy hearts and resentment. But to be able to look back on an event that I almost killed myself over. And not just metaphorically speaking. To be here today with the mindset and the attitude towards it. 
to know all I got from it and learned about myself from codependency issues and creating new stability for me. Which is knowing honestly that like I believe in myself. When I had no one else to believe in me, that I got me, I made it through that. For as long as I live, I don't need a man to run to. I don't need to be saved. I got all I ever needed. And honestly, what that looks like is faith because it took months to pull myself back together. But every night I went to bed, I had the intention to wake up the next day and still try to figure shit out. I leaned on myself and what I knew, which was mostly the spiritual journey. I healed through tarot and oracle readings, Reiki healing, and books where I slowly started to build back what I lost. I scratched at what I never had. I never had belief in myself or a foundation of who I am. Most of the times I would look for that belief in other people and men and then become broken when they couldn't believe in the life I had planned for me, like how I felt I believed in it. And in a sense, yeah, I did that shit alone. But also in essence, I didn't. That's how I know I got an angel because I'm supposed to have a halo right now. Huge shout out to my spirit team, my angels, my guides, the universe. I wouldn't be here without them. So yeah, man, change. Raise y'all glass to the change being asked for, but eventually found the blessing and the pain. It's the glue holding everything together. And now what I really had the intention to want to talk about for this episode before all that came out was my intentions and New Year's resolutions to maybe inspire y'all if you don't have any, to make some or add your own. I have some career things that I'm working on, obviously behind the scenes, but I won't mention because something I also learned on this journey is you can't talk about all your goals before they physically manifest. Because there are some motherfuckers out there sending you that evil eye. Or unconsciously sending you the evil eye like they're jealous or envious of where you are and they won't say it out loud but deep down they kind of want to be where you are or they don't even realize it they just have a bad taste of you in their mouth which the only reason I could speak on that too wait pause the only reason I can really speak on that is because I've been there and then I became self-aware like I have been the hater that did not know they were hating and then I became the hater that also knew they were hating so been through it all that reason I won't be sharing my career goals but there are some things I do want to talk about that I feel like a lot of people can relate to and the first one is I need to go this whole year and not smoke at one time weed was awesome for me um but as I mentioned it hasn't been as recently and I'm so convincing too that I will still pick up a joint like I will convince myself to smoke and it's terrible and I'll be right where I started again which is no bueno And to add on top of that, like, weed makes me so lazy. My own experience with it. Um, And also when I was out, like, dude, I would get high and I would see so much. I would feel so much. Not understanding my actual potential and what I'm here to do and how I pick up on energies. Dog, it is not enjoyable. You pick up on shit you don't want to pick up on. And it's so overwhelming and it's not fun one bit. But, like, I also know it has a large amount of health benefits for some people. So, I don't know. Maybe one day I can use it moderately and put it in, like, a brownie or something in the future. But not now or anytime soon. I need to make that promise to myself. If I can't go the year without smoking, I don't know. I feel like I would really let myself down breaking that promise because of how much it has caused rift for me currently. New Year's Eve was the last time I smoked. And I sat there and I was like, I'm done. Dude, I can't do this anymore. This doesn't feel good. The bad outweighs the good at this point. I've been sitting on this and thinking on it for a minute. Like, what other things can I tell myself so I don't smoke? Because, yeah, it makes me lazy. And, yeah, it puts me in a bad mental health space. But I feel like that's not going to be enough for when those urges come out and I may fold. So, I'm starting to tell myself I'm not doing it for me. I'm doing it for my mini-me's. The babies I want to have one day. The next generation of my family. Because smoking is generational. And what I mean by that is, so we hold DNA in our body. And if you're in a pattern, you're in a loop every day, you're waking up, you're smoking, or you're going about your day and you're smoking, feeding into that habit, that changes those pathways that I mentioned earlier. And that then changes your legit DNA. So now that's why breaking habits and addictions are so hard because you're taking something that has been literally ingrained in you. And it goes back generations. Like my mom and dad smoked. My grandmother and grandfather smoked on both sides. And I'm sure their parents smoked. So now you're generations of DNA deep. And it's hard to break and hard to stop. But I will be the black lamb. 
black lamb, black sheep. The one that is breaking all these curses. <laughs> but I was reading that book, How to Be Supernatural, and the whole entire book, I haven't finished it yet. Sorry, not the whole entire book. But the majority of what I did read, 99.9% .9 of it is all speaking about how if you sit and meditate every day for an hour a day and you get into this new version of yourself and who you want to be, the highest version of yourself, whether that's somebody who doesn't smoke, you envision that and you feel that elevated emotion and your body can literally heal and change that DNA. And it's incredible. Some of the stories that he shares of people healing their cancer and healing their illness just by meditating. Oh, look it up, guys. It's really, it's like so transformative and so inspiring. So then when I do have kids, they're not getting that passed down and I'm breaking that generational curse right there, right here, right now. I don't want my kids to have to go through that struggle. I'm sure no parent does, but like I just found out about this. I don't know how many other people know about it, so that's why I'm here sharing it. Because that's then who I'm doing it for. It's easier for me to do shit for other people, show up for other people. It's wild. I used to say I never wanted kids, and I'm still on the fence, but I also feel that whenever the right one comes along, I cannot wait to create a family with them. Whoever you are, I want four kids. <laughs> I can even tell you the gender of my kids because I talk to them on a daily basis. They're called spirit babies. Definitely, definitely another podcast episode for that one. That is so exciting. But yeah, I do that a lot. I communicate with them. They're my angels, my guides. They obviously are not here physically yet, but that doesn't mean they're not watching me from above. They're guiding daddy the mommy, making sure that mommy gets her shit together so that they can live a wonderful life. The ones that she always envisioned for her kids to have. It's very exciting. It gives me goosebumps talking about that. They're in the room with me right now. <laughs> I got their names picked out too, which I'm not going to share. I'd be dumb to share that out loud. Not dumb, but y'all know what I mean. Those are special. But yeah, so that's the main one for 2022. And for the rest of my life, you know, I don't want to smoke for the rest of my life either. Like I know way too much about how bad inhaling smoke is for you. Like I, I'm sure we all do, but we just ignore that and we think we're different and that will be okay. But like I'm a personal trainer now too and that's not the message I want to send. Another thing is like, I don't want to pick up a fucking Nick stick. If you don't know what a Nick stick is, it's a jewel or e-cigarette. I feel I can find enough discipline in me to not do that. I mean, I never did even in between not smoking. I never even hit a jewel in my life. All right, I lied. I did once, but it was a CBD jewel and it was helping with my anxiety. But um, yeah, never after that. And adding on top of that, I feel like it's then feeding into that like hand to mouth addiction that makes it even harder to quit, harder to stop. So <sighs> fuck it. I'm just going to release control. I'm going to surrender into it. It's hard, but it's not that hard if I tell myself it's not that hard. And I, please send me that energy because this is something I'm really striving for. So that's that. Number two, I want to finish all the books I already own. I read, but not consistently, not every day, not every weeknight. I'll probably pick up a book for about two days and put it back down, then pick up another book about three months later. And I hate that. I want to read more. I have like 50 books that I have started and not finished. So I want to finish all the books already before I go purchasing a new one. I think that's a good goal, 50 books this year. Let's get at it. So that's called an outcome goal, right? 50 books for the whole year. But then there's called progressive goals. You break down your outcome goal into smaller goals to achieve that. So on the day-to-day -day basis, what does that look like? That looks like at least 10 pages a night I will read of a book. That's the promise I'm making to myself. And that's what I'm showing up for. My next one is I want to make daily routines and chores a sacred practice, a sacred ritual. When it comes to even like my skincare routine. Looking at it as a sacred ritual to make me want to do it more. It'll make me want to slow down and be more present instead of rushing straight through it. Even the dishes, I can find joy in doing the dishes. I'm just so fucking lazy. I hate doing the dishes. But I'm going to turn that into a sacred ritual. I'm going to invite my spirit guides in. I was saying for the last couple months, every Sunday I go to the diner in my town by myself. I invite my spirit guides. It's my self-care Sunday with my spirit guides. I get breakfast and then I go food shopping and then I do my meal prep for the week so I don't have to worry about that and it's so like time and energy saving and that just helps me stay disciplined too and motivated to not binge eat or go off track with my nutrition for the rest of the week or whatever's in my diet for what I'm focusing on for that goals whatever it may be 
And so I make the whole day a sacred practice and that everywhere I go, I invite them in, my spirit guides. My grandmother is holding the cart next to me and they send me little signs throughout the day. I love eating at the diner because like you see all the bishops and priests come in from the church and I'm like, we're in holy company right now. And I just think that's them showing up in their physical form just to give me that little reminder. It's pretty cute. That's how I I be vibing. (laughs) My next one is I want to become more physically flexible because I feel like that will transfer to mentally flexible as well. In the last month, I had taken up yoga and it's been really, really interesting and I'm enjoying every minute of it. You know, a couple years ago, I had a New Year's resolution to do a split and I almost did it and then I tore my ACL for a third term and I couldn't, but that's definitely the goal again this year to get back into the split. And I'm already pretty flexible. <laughs> As even with this ACL missing, so that's underway. Plus, I know the benefits on the spiritual aspect of how good yoga and stretching is for the mind, body, soul. Therefore, I would like to incorporate more of it. After that, I have, I just want to be a better friend, a better daughter and sister. I want to make more time for my friendships. I want to call and engage them and reach out more. You know, we're all living separate lives, but like, I really love my friends. That's why I do what I do, because I want to be able to give back and spoil them one day. But like, we drift so far apart and I hate to see that, especially with the people you love. And then when it comes to being a better daughter and sister, more quality time over quantity, make the effort, spend more time with them. Me and my brother and my dad, we don't sit down. We don't have family dinners. We all come home from work and go into our rooms and just like barely engage, barely talk. We don't share the thoughts that are going on in our head. My dad didn't even know what was going on with me for the last couple months. So that's something I want to make a point to in 2022. I'm also planning on going vegan, but like Mia style, because I fucking love cheese and I'm not ready to let that go. So no meat, no eggs, no dairy, except for cheese, no butter. Last year was the first year I really started to pay attention to my nutrition and learn about like holistic nutrition, which is eating more organic whole foods that come straight from the earth. Because I have a belief that when you do, you become lighter. And through that lightness, you can also tune in and tap more into the spiritual and divine. And honestly, I would really chalk that change in my entire eating habits to why I can connect and even communicate with past on souls now because I'm just lighter in those senses I went a long period of time without eating meat and then I would eat meat and then indulge and binge and then I'd feel like shit but then when I went back on track and I ate more fruits and vegetables I feel so much better and then there's also this thing I don't know if y'all know about this it's called genetic well It's not called this, but it's genetic evidence that we are what we eat. So let's say you eat bacon and that bacon comes from a pig that is raised in a terrible facility that does not treat them good and with a lot of trauma. And so now you're ingesting that trauma. You're ingesting their DNAs and that makes you heavier. And for me, that makes me feel like shit, like mentally and emotionally. mm -mm. Like the holidays, I told myself, all right, Mia, ball out because you're not going to have meat ever again which I would never say ever, like maybe on my birthday, I might treat myself because I still enjoy steak. I love chicken. I love cold cuts. Bro, I'm Italian. Mm. Some salami. <sighs> Fresh mozz on a sandwich. Oh, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Yeah, but I, I don't want to eat that because of how much it makes me feel like shit. Like after the holidays, like I was, I was so out of it. I don't know, man. I was not there. It was no good. And something I do struggle with too, like I'm so consistent and disciplined throughout the week, but then the weekend comes and I would tell myself like, oh yeah, Mia, like eat whatever. Like you were so good throughout the week, but then I would just reset myself and I would feel bad and I would beat myself up. Like Mia, you look like shit and you ate way too much. And that's where uh, the body issues come in, the body image issues. And <laughs> that's not fun either. And I just know that through eating right, that that will fix those issues. That's something I really want to stay committed to this year. And hopefully that becomes a lifestyle with time. Another thing, I want to be able to bench 135 for 10 reps by the end of next year because my last workout of 2021, I dropped the bar on myself and I couldn't do it. I didn't have a spotting partner either. Thank God this guy came over and helped me out. So that's another thing, 135 for 10 reps. Let's get it. But I'm like, so besides the tangible... I would wrap this podcast up and finish with, I just want to be there for myself more this year. Showing up for myself, staying committed, keeping my promises with myself, taking 
um, talking to myself as if I would talk to someone I love. Because last year was mean me in the ring and not fun, not fun. Well, in a sense, it will always be mean me in the ring. I ain't in competition with no one else. But we can have good sportsmanship, you know, not talk down on myself. I'm so tired of that. Like, that really hurts my heart. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's that. 2022, I'm coming for all you got to offer to me. And I am absolutely terrified. But underneath that fear is excitement for the unknown. Because I know now, no matter what you may have in store for me, for us, we'll be all right. Because everything happens for a reason. And I'm going to just lean on what I know. On my faith, I'm going to keep it pushing. Fall seven times, stand up eight. Or tear your ACL four times and only get surgery three times and still accomplish everything I ever wanted without cheating. So that's that. <laughs> so thank you, my loves. My loves. <laughs> my loves. Thank you, my loves. I wanted to say thank you, my loves. V-E-S, not L-U-B-S. <laughs> for listening to this episode. Go ahead and check me out on my socials. Again, if you haven't already, my IG at the Soul Wave Podcast at Mia.Cromaldi. I also have the website www.miacromaldi.com. So go ahead, he- hang over, stop by, say hi, drop a follow. We live, baby, we live. <laughs> um, I think that's it. I th- that's going to be it. Alrighty, gang. Much love, much love. Thank you again. And I'll catch you on the next wave. Bye.